actually it's funny that we're back uh so today's today's tuesday yeah tuesday april 18th 2023 um let's let's start calling this the lord's year right because that means one of two things the lord's year <laughs> I, I i think you know if you if you've seen me talk about it recently i think that we are this close to the return you know i was talking to colin the other day i was talking to colin i was saying Man, you know, like, and we've been talking about this. I've talked about it on here, across my social channels, and in regular and everyday conversation. Not necessarily everyday conversation, but my conversations tend to revolve around important topics, right? I don't really do the fluff. So when it comes to my, you know, somewhat everyday conversations, yeah, this is a relatively um, important topic in my in my mind. So it does come up a lot. I think that we are this close to the return. And, I, and here's here's why I say the Lord's year. I don't know what the return means. I don't know if the return means whoosh, this is all gone, start anew, done so. Like, are we done for? Because really, I've said I'm like 2025. I've said it before. I think I said it like two episodes ago. 2025 isn't an interestingly important year, and I can't tell you exactly why. But yeah, it, I said it before, something is coming down the pipeline. I just don't know exactly what. But yeah, man, I, I think where we're headed and I, here's the thing. I don't see it as a bad thing regardless because the other side of the Lord's year could be, you know, a reset rather than a total reckoning, a reset. And I definitely think we're in the reset period, especially, and it's funny as we talk about um, secret societies and, you know, these billionaire families, individuals that may be controlling the world. Right now I was watching an Alex video the other day that was describing what happens at, you know, these these conferences, these billionaire conferences, Davos and uh, the Bohemian, I forget what, Bohemian Grove, um, and I can't even think of the other names of them, but the you know the World Economic Forum at these different places where world leaders, billionaires, um, celebrities, philanthropists they go and they they sit together and do business dealings and they do um, you know talk about in a sense where we where the world needs to be steered right. And so in the in, and it asked the question it was like so are these places you know are there individuals that are controlling the world and they're doing it from here? Well, yes and no. Because on one hand, that's like that's how that happens, right? Like, like you think about um, the idea of if they come to, if you have all these individuals that are coming together for, and to say self-serving purposes, that's that's the issue. We think self-serving purposes a lot of time means it only benefits them. Self-serving purposes can be, and I've talked about this 
in the very beginning, back in season one, you know, selfish actions with selfless intent and selfless actions with selfish intent. And in both situations, you can have good come from it regardless. Outcome can be good. Outcome is often more important than intent. When outcome, if outcome is positive, intent almost doesn't matter. If outcome is negative, intent matters, but outcome overweighs. You know what I mean? So them going, whether they're going to say we're about to be the masterminds, the puppet masters and, you know, dance, marionette, dance, puppet, dance. Right. Like they may be playing Geppetto. They may think they're playing God. Right. I tweeted yesterday. I'm like, Elon is either going to destroy or save the world because Elon thinks he's God in a way like Elon thinks he's God in a way. And here's the thing about that. It's like we say, you know, and it's it's not necessarily biblically correct or historically accurate. But Judas was an angel. Right. So I look, I'm just saying, as as I tell everybody, be steady and get ready. I can't tell you what's coming. I don't know what's coming. I'm not a fortune teller. I, I would say, you know, at some levels, a prognosticator, a predictor, a seer. Um, you know, I have, I do know that. And I, when I think about clairvoyance, and this is not what we're talking about today, but when I think about clairvoyance, I definitely just feel that that is a ability to recognize, you know, have a connection with the spirit world and, and nature. So you see what's happening within the world and, and things that are happening in the natural order of things, as well as self and self-awareness and ability to reflect that on the individuals of the population, right? To be able to predict the out, I mean, the decisions, the, the likelihood of events within the population, because you're able to recognize one, where your head is at, like, you know, where you're at. So if I'm, if I'm seeing how I'm looking at something, oh shit. Or how I may have looked at some before when I was kind of part of the general populace in that way. I know what old markets would have been like, oh, fuck, you know, not seeing it. Well, now, you know, you got insider information here. You got a connection with God here where you're like, oh, wait a minute. I see this in a completely different light and understand it. Historical revelation, as well as knowing the current spectrum. That's how you predict the future. In a way, right? So that's what I'm saying. I can't. It may be war. It may be biblical. I don't know if this is man or God. But look, anyway, where we're going today, and I, I probably sound a little too uh, upbeat and happy for this topic. I tried to get myself into a little bit of a sad mood just before this. <laughs> you know, they talk about like, what's your creative process? Like, what do you do before, um, you know, you, you make your art, before you make your product, before you make do your thing? Right. So normally for me, and this is how I go through everything in life before I do anything, music, music is what gets me right. I, I music, but also I write a lot, you know, for me, my creative process, when it comes to this, that's the reason I consume so much content, but it's the content that I do. And how I talked about before, back in maybe season one or early season or earlier this season, I said at some point, you know, what happens is I'll get these downloads throughout the day, right? The downloads from stores. And again, this goes back to paying attention. I'm not, it's not anything special as far as divinity. I don't pretend to have some deeper, well, I do probably have a deeper relationship with Christ than, you know, other people, but that's intentional and that's cultivated, right? That's my point though, is that it's not something that other people can't have, uh, but there also is a level of intellect and, and natural, you know, brain power that you also have to, capacity that you have to be able to, to process and recognize these things, to actually look at it and say, oh, that's what that is. 
oh, that connects to something because you got to be able to remember it. You got to have a ability to store memories, right? So my creative process will be, um, you know, maybe I see something on Twitter. Excuse me. And then maybe I see I have the video or the podcast I listened to earlier that day. And then the music that I, you know, was going to th- through and throughout the day just happened to be right online. A lot of times my topic, I don't necessarily pick it. It comes to me. I'm like, oh, there it goes. I got, and that's what happened with this. It was Sunday. I, I had been seeing it was conversations I had last week. And then a podcast I listened to. I was like, oh, wait a minute. And then a tweet I saw and I said it on my Instagram. I was like, yep, Tuesday's topic is getting very clear, right? And actually, I've got to go and uh, pull up that tweet. So what we're talking about today. Today's episode is called Thugs Cried Too. Okay. So what do we mean by Thugs Cried Too? That's pretty, because like I was saying, I, I was trying to get myself back in that mood. I have a playlist called Thugs Cried Too. That playlist, though, it used to be called Sad Boy Hours, but I was like, mm, I don't like that too much. Sad Boy Hours feel a little too... To say too direct is, is kind of funny, but that is it. It feels a little too direct. It's like, I don't, it's not necessarily what I mean, right? You know, Sad Boy Hours is not necessarily what I mean when I think of Thugs Cry 2. And that was why the playlist, like I said, it started off as Sad Boy Hours, but as it grew, because at first it was, you know, the sad love songs, the ones that, you broke my heart, I miss my girl. That was the point of it. Uh, but as it grew, it started to more become just a you know that late night 11 p.m midnight playlist where you're like i'm in my feels a little bit i just don't feel like me right we have we all have that moment more often than we probably are willing to admit but especially as men and especially as black men that's why it's called thugs cry too right because there's this idea and it's funny because even the word thug i've talked about it before when you think of this connotation and the way we use language and the things that we automatically apply to it based off bias and experience and general knowledge of, you know, words and where it came from and how it was used around us. Words like hustler and thug to most and I to most white people specifically, those words are not good words. Hustler and thug, you think of they're synonymous with nigger damn near in their mind. For me, from where I come from, now thug, yeah, definitely still has some negative connotation, but it's how it's used. It's context that matters, right? Thug also, there's, there's, you know, I think of me growing up, Jay-Z, justify my thug, my thug. That wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Just like, that's a nigga from New York. He'd have had to do some shit. He didn't went through some stuff. That's made him hard, made him tough. And, and it's funny that goes directly toward a TikTok I saw yesterday that wrapped it up. And I, I post, reposted it. It was last night. Right. Nas had the line where he says, ladies, make sure, you know, whatever you do, make sure he a thug and intelligent, too. I love that line because I, I think about me. I'm like, I, I don't necessarily call myself a thug outside of certain circles. I don't call myself a thug really in general. But I recognize the thug in me, you know, in that sense. I recognize that I'm a black boy from Chicago who's seen some shit, been around some shit, done some shit itself. But also big brain, big brain boy. Right? Thugs cry too. But I, I said one day, I was like, you know, they'll call, they'll call a nigga a thug quicker. It's similar to the word nigga. 
Like I said, you know, that, that direct correlation, how we have transferred, translated the word to mean something a little bit better, a little bit different for ourselves, right? So that was just, just I guess, like a slight little history lesson there, right? But more specifically, and it goes along the lines of things I've seen, you know, things I've been through. Jada Kiss has a song, I can only speak for the things that I've been through. Things, uh, but the thing about that, and it's funny why a song like that I relate to so much, why I relate to Jay and Nas and Cole and all these, you know, all the niggas, Baby and all them. The reason that we love their music, it's relatable. You're telling my story. It may be your story, but you're telling, because I've said this before, I may have, I don't have a particularly, ugh, particularly, particularly, I don't even, I've never liked that word. You remember, do y'all remember, um, I can't remember that, the dude with the dreads, he was TikTok heavy for a while, but uh, the white girl that he would interview, not particularly that shit. Every time I say that word, that's what pops into my head. But I'm thinking about, yeah, my experience is not, you know, through my life, it's not unique per se. But as far as, and it, this is something I got from Kwame Brown, he put in a great perspective. And that's what that episode of The Pivot was very, you know, interesting to, to read. I mean, to watch because it, it put a lot of stuff in perspective that I really hadn't even realized about myself or my community, about individuals that come from where I come from within our culture. While I may not have a unique experience within our culture, that's the scary thing. That's what makes it scary because it is a unique experience to the human experience, the shit we go through. Right? And when I say the shit we go through, I mean extremely specifically what I've been calling for the past year, the stress test, right? We get stress tested. And that is something I'm realizing more and more is a worldly thing it's even more, you know, something that happens in abundance in America because there's something about the way that our government views its citizens. There's this idea that, that and I, I've talked about this, there's this idea that because you can take it, you, or because you can take something up to a certain threshold, or because we're not sure where that threshold is, but you've shown and continue to surpass where we thought would be the breaking point that that means to continue going and to see where you, you know, to see where that breaking point is. And this specifically went as far as it relates to the black community, this goes back to slavery. And then funny, they, they'd be like, why you always got to bring up race? Why, why does everything got to go to slavery? It's the original sin, right? It's just how we know it's, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny? Isn't it fucking funny? How the Bible, the most read book, the most printed book in the world, in history, they make sure when they talk about Christianity that you know about the fruit. The forbidden fruit that started off, they make sure that you know that Jesus died for our sins, which is important. We know this. But that was the, the fruit was literally the beginning of time. That was the beginning of time. So why is it that we are supposed to ignore the original sin of a country that we are still in, that we still have to suffer the consequences of? Because that's the, that's the real thing about it is the consequences of the slavery are, the brunt of it is, is on the individuals that had to go through it. 
whose ancestors were enslaved. We the motherfuckers that still have to deal with it. We're the ones that still get treated. And this, and when it goes to the, the stress testing, you know, I've talked about it before, and I, I think it was two episodes ago I said, you know, this, this realization that so many ways, you know, our self-image, the way we see ourselves within our community, and the way I'm talking specifically as it relates generation to generation is a image that's been painted for us. We didn't get the choice to decide what that would look like. And because of it, not only is it wrong, but we haven't, I don't, I don't even, I can't even say haven't taken the time to correct it. I don't think we knew to correct it. I think there were enough things that were so drilled into us, whether it be, uh, and, and then again, this is where we're going today. This idea that as a black man in this world, you got to be the toughest motherfucker around. And if you're not, you're automatically a bitch. Automatically. I mean, and, and there is not a find me a black man that can disagree with that. And I'll show you a fucking liar. There is this idea. And, and I say black man. A person of color, a man of color, a black and black and brown men in this fucking country, in this world, if you're not the toughest nigga on the block, you a bitch. Even more so, you have to prove it. Not it's worse that you have to prove it every day in the real world, but this is where the big issue comes in. Right? There's this there's this lack of understanding, and the here's the scary fucking part. I'm saying this as a black man, and I fully realize that black women get it too from us in a different way, but especially, in, and again, this goes back to the idea that black women could take anything. Their pain tolerance is just different. They used to experiment on them and no, you don't get any anesthetic. You don't need it. That's why the black woman, the black mother mortality rate is at is where it's at. That's why black that's why we get shit medical care. That's why when you go into a hospital or a doctor's office and you say, Yeah, doc, I feel like this is wild. I don't know what it is. And the doctor will say, Well, I don't know either, but I'm not gonna prescribe you any medicine because I think you're making it up because we can't find anything direct. But let a white crackhead that's very clearly a crackhead going to the hospital and they'd be like, oh my goodness, he clearly needs help. We've got to prescribe him something. Yo, this nigga's been addicted to heroin for 20 years. Stress test. There's a, I believe it's, uh, why can't I think of, damn, uh, there's names are escaping me. James Baldwin and who was he talking to? Who He was having a conversation. Sorry if I, I keep the past episode, I, I noticed the last episode as well. I'm getting too comfortable on the mic. I'm getting too comfortable. I need I need to set up something. Maybe I don't know. I gotta I gotta I got my list for the rest of the year of things that are about to happen and need to happen and that are, I'm gonna make happen. And one of the top on the list is yeah, studio work. We're going full studio. We're going we're gonna have video output soon, you know, and it'll be fun because I, I I think we got two more shows coming this year. I think we got two more shows coming this year. I really do. I know we have one more show coming this year, but I think we might have two more shows coming this year. So st be steady. 
and get ready. Okay. <laughs> Look, that ain't even relating to the end of the world. That's just talking about your nigga got shit up his sleeve. We're cooking up. Mix the pot. Whip it. Whip it. Whip it. Whip it. Whip it. Cook it. Cook it. Cooking up with my white wrist. No, I'm kidding. Um, where was I at? Yeah, James Baldwin, and it was either uh what the fuck? Why can't I think of names right now? Lord Jesus, what's what is the woman's name? The poet. I can't think of it. Long story short, and I have it saved somewhere. But essentially, she's saying, you know, this idea of you go out into the world and you you got a smile in the white man's face and your boss's face and pretend you like him, pretend you love him, this, that, and the other. And when you see a you see an individual in the store, white, black, whatever, you could be in a bad mood and you're probably gonna be like, you know what? They don't deserve. They didn't do anything to me. They don't. They don't deserve anything else than a smile and a how are you? A genuine how are you? A nice good handshake, maybe even a hug if you know them. And back to the boss, when you you go in there and you'll you'll kiss your boss's ass for money, that nigga don't love you. Knowing full well, only thing he care about is his bottom line. And you go in there and kiss that nigga ass. Co-workers, you don't fuck with. You You literally, here's the thing. You don't fuck with the co-workers, but you'll be fake as shit. You'll be fake as hell to them. And then you go home and tell your wife all the, all the bad shit that didn't happen today. And it's okay. And here's, here's what we have to continue to remember when it comes to generally relationships and communication. This is not even just specific to this conversation. Venting and expressing your feelings, releasing emotion, you know, catharsis, that's two different things. And even when it comes to venting, venting is not the bad thing. It's oversharing and, and trauma dumping. You know, when that when that trauma dumping is one of the you know, they talk about all you know recently how the therapy words keep overtaking conversation and we're using the wrong language a lot of the time. I think there's some that, that definitely have their place. Trauma dump is one of them. Because a lot of you motherfuckers will trauma dump. And, and I don't blame individuals for it because one, it's kind of become the way of the world. It's the way we think we're supposed to communicate. But again, it goes back to this. It's the, yeah, it's, it's the norm. It's this idea that the people we love are the ones that are supposed to get the, not the brunt of the bad, but that's who we, where we express it to, right? And that's fine. But it's like, she was saying, I want you to at least come home and pretend with me. At least fake it the way you fake it in the white man's face. Right? There's this, there's this way that, and, and so many young black boys know this. And I, I say young black boys, young black kids get this. Because I've seen it happen to sisters, and I've seen it cousins in the exact same language. It's just a little different in the way that it's executed, right? But they'll tell us, that the real world is going to be hard as hell on you. Nobody, they, nobody out there is going to, they don't love you. They don't care about you. They're going to run all over you if they get the chance. So now, now you're doing two things. One, where's the self-worth coming from in that? Because one thing I've learned over time is that's just generally not true. The world treats you how you treat the world. I get a lot of good out of the world because I put good into the world. I, I provide good energy. I put in 
X amount and I get it back tenfold because I express gratitude and love and show it on my face and in my body language and in my tone and in my eyes and everywhere, right? But, but our parents will convince us that because the world won't love us and that they do, they've got to give us tough love to make sure that we can handle the real world. The other thing I've learned over time is that the only way you you can learn to handle the real world is by being, and that's the other thing, that's what will happen. They'll give us this tough love that's supposed to prepare us for the real world and then not let us experience the real world. Right, and it, whether it be coddling or this, this weird form of what they call protection. You know, I know a lot of, like a lot of the kids I know, a lot of the black people I know, Growing up, even when they got to high school, they, oh, my mom won't let me. My mom would say, no, I'm not even going to ask. Hell no, no, no. Scared to ask if they can go outside and play. Because they think, man, my mom goes, and they will probably. That's that's wild to me. But going back to the, the tough love thing, you know, there. Let me see the TikTok. It was, this is the part that got me and I'll, I'll play it. We'll see how it sounds. I also noticed. Um, so if you caught it last week, two different times, I had music playing in the very beginning. I had music playing when I edit out the background noise. One, it just doesn't pick up well from soundboard to, to microphone. That's something that has to be injected or I don't know. That's why I got to get a tech guy for real, for real. But yeah, it, I think the background uh, cancellation fucked it up as well. And then I took, I had walked away for a second. When I came back, I was playing music to intro it back. And yeah, that, that whole shit, that was coming from my phone directly into the mic. And it's still, it wasn't it. Okay, so we'll see how this sounds. I'll probably keep it regardless, but it may wash out. So. Uh, that's over the sound bar as well. This is a guy on TikTok. He's doing spoken word poetry. You stole my joy and left me with the qualities you wish your husband's had. Then it took me years to realize I'm not for my age. I am just less traumatized than I used to be. I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to live the dream you had for me while also living the right had to get there. Excuse me. So one thing I definitely and uh, that was that's just a little, you know, snippet intro. But one thing I take for sure, and this is on the tough love lines. Again, there's this there's this. I don't blame our parents for having done so and being the way they were. But what you create is. You create an individual that is either completely shut off from emotion or craving emotion, craving that love, that the type of love that they didn't receive, right? When they talk about generational curses, the reason generational curses occur is the, and we've talked about this before, you go back and you're trying to, uh, you know, replace what you didn't have. You're trying to, to alleviate the pain that was caused to you. And in turn, you end up neglecting the other side of what's needed for likely needed for your child or overdoing what you think is necessary. And it's just not because a lot of times our parents are trying to raise the child version of themselves versus raise their actual child. 
right? They're trying to nurture what they didn't receive rather than learning the individual that they birthed. Right, so when I think of Thug Scribe too, that's what makes so many of us as men emotionally unavailable, emotionally distant, not in tune with our true selves, lacking self-awareness, shit, lacking self-love. Because you realize, especially when you think about America, think about this. Let me give, let me give you, uh, let me, let's give a little hypothetical situation and call it a hypothetical and he says millions of bodies and millions of individuals across this country say you are a young boy from compton single mother your dad's in jail or he left or he's dead shit luck of the draw you pick that that's america for you luck of the draw isn't it fucking crazy is that not crazy like truly, you know, they talk about like it's a lottery pick. You don't, you can't choose the family you're born into or where you're born at. And those are kind of lottery picks. Is it not wild that the base, like one of the base level lottery picks for us as as black babies, is your daddy may be in jail, dead, on drugs, or just gone because he, he wasn't ready to have a kid. Right. And then and then and and then they go, you go into the world and you have a, you know, a mother who and this is all of this is is recognition. Right. Not not blame. It's recognition. It's it's seeing and holding parties accountable because that's what needs to happen much more. Right. But and we'll we'll get deeper soon enough into the thugs cry too specifically. Because there, there's a deeper part to that about the actual crime. You know, we're talking about actual, we're talking about mental illness, mental health issues that come about from these, what I'm about to go into. Right. But imagine, you know, like I said, that situation. And then you grow up with, from birth, with the mother who's saying, your daddy ain't shit. Your daddy ain't shit. Go on there and get the money from your bum ass daddy. Or not letting you see him at all. Or... You know, Jay Cole has a line that says, uh, we from the, uh, we from the concrete jungle of Queens by any means. No, that's a different line. But he said, you know, raising Queens without any Kings. He said in a city where you might walk past your dad and not even know that was him. Now, luckily for me and where I look at, I'm like, look, I guess in the sense of me being lucky, I had my dad around for eight, for seven years. And then he was taken from me. My, but my dad was far from a deadbeat, far from a bad father. Like, my dad was a wonderful dad. So, I, you know, I got blessed in that sense. I have a good memory of my dad, but the issue I even look at with there, and I, I've talked about it recently, it's in, something that's been an issue between my mother and I, and I, it's still something that I don't feel good about. I don't like the way that it's, uh, you know, continuing to go. But it's one of those things that, again, there's a lack of communication that is my mother's one of my best friends has always been will continue to be yet and still i don't tell her everything because i know i can't tell her everything and i don't feel comfortable telling her. i don't feel comfortable expressing emotion most of the time my mother doesn't react well to when i expect emotion or excuse me express emotion and i think a large part of that comes from her upbringing which comes from her mother's upbringing 
which comes from the fact that she didn't have her mother in her life. So, you know, cycles, generational cycles. So what happens today? I, I make the choice to say two things. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 have, I may have to be the one to kind of take the, the last little bit, the last suffrage of it, the last suffering of it, but also be the one to end it because making the generational choice to learn from it, to do the self-work and the healing, to know that thugs cry too, and that's fucking okay. So when I have kids, if I have a son and the nigga, his girlfriend break up with him, hey dog, you can come cry on my shoulder. We can talk about it. I'm not tough love. I, I actually, I've grown to kind of hate the, the tough love idea. Because again, that comes from, that just gets passed down. That continues to get passed down without it ever changing meaning. You know, there's so many things that, that get passed down without a recognition for the, you know, how the world has changed since. Again, you're trying to raise the kid that you were in 1970. It's a different world in 2000, 2015, 2020. So you have to react to your child differently. You have to intentionally, you have to learn things. You have to read books. You know that they talk about there's no manual for parenting. Yes, there is. There's manuals for parenting. It's called learning. It's called learning your child. It's called recognizing the things that your child is going through, having the effort to do so. And then, and, and we're in a lucky space. I'm speaking from a privileged position for sure, because not only do we have the internet today, but we have AI where I can go into chat GPT and say, if I had, you know, if I had a kid, say I had an 18 year old and we'll go back real, we'll go back to the hypothetical situation, but say I had, and it's another one, say I have an 18 year old who's feeling some type of way. Like I'm noticing changes, you know, that are not regular, you know, hormonal puberty changes. Some, this is some deeper. I don't know much about depression or anxiety or any type of mental health or mental. Uh, I don't even I hate mental illness because it sounds so sickening. It, it not sounds sickening, but we think of it again. We're talking about connotation. We've got it. One thing we have to continue to do is, is one, take back our power through the language we use. Right. I saw this from it was a George Carlin, um, George Carlin drawing you know comic but the the specific uh, it was from the app my an after school account this account called after school and i, I want to look at it specifically it was very interesting um it's talking about you know language we use and mm, i'm sorry i'm drinking a um a red bull so i got a little burpees i'm always burping on here hi i'm always burping in general one thing that specifically caught my attention about the George Carlin drawing, comic, whatever, was the way that it said, you know, again, we're talking about the way we use language and how we will shift language to try to change the problem rather than addressing the problem by using accurate language. Right. So it was saying, you know, think about maybe you have a child who is not the brightest and not just not the brightest, but like far from the brightest right and we you know nobody ever wants to call their child stupid and especially black people you took 
if you tell a black parent and I, I think and I hope this is changing actively like right now, I, I hope that if somebody is getting that proud family episode where BB and Cece, they're putting them in preschool and it's, well, BB passed the test and or Cece passed the test with flying colors, but BB may be on the spectrum. And Oscar was like, no, not my child. Uh, and I can't even think of what's what's uh, what's his, what's Penny's mom name. Damn, I know the proud family too. That's wild. But yeah, the mother's like, Oscar, listen to what the lady's saying. Long story short, he comes around and he gives the boy a hug because BB is yeah, BB's a little special, right? But rather than sugarcoating the language and because what the the car the cartoon said is mentally uh, unexceptional, something like that. Minimally, no, minimally exceptional. Minimally, it was a picture of a little boy that had nailed a, a, a wood plank to his head and it said, he's just minimally exceptional. You're changing language rather than addressing the problem there, right? That's what happened so much for us. I didn't know until age 22 about my attention deficit. But it was very obvious that every, like, there was never a point where this wasn't clear. I look back and I'm like, yo, the same things that made it recognizable at 20 or excuse me, 21. That's that had been going on the entire time. Right. But lack of awareness, you can't address what you're not aware of. Right. You can't express what you can't articulate. Even more, I always knew that I had OCD, like we've known this since middle school, at least. I remember telling my mom this multiple times and she, how do you know? Where are you, where are you getting that from? Uh, the fact that I'm obsessively compulsive. I literally, look, I do. I'm the, I was always, I was the kid. I have, you know, I have twitches. I have little triggers. I have little things that I was the, if I tap something as I'm walking past it, I've got to go back, but not just go back. I have to go back in the exact same path I took, starting from where I was, or maybe, you know, if it's if it's, if I started from far out, I have to start from before that and walk past it and tap it the exact same way. If I tap it a different way, I've now got to go back twice and tap it both ways. And it's something that, you know, as I recognize that I gained better control of it, but also not really, <laughs> you know, I, I, something like that. I, I stopped. I'm able to, unless I'm alone, I'll do it if I'm alone. But like, if I'm with somebody, I'm not going to make you stop so I can turn around and tap it again. Right. But in the way that if I, anything, it's the same. I have a little eye twitch that I do. Right. I think that's part of why I clear my throat so often. My throat will be perfectly fine. Right. I express myself with no issue. People tell me, they used to, Marcus, your voice travels, your voice carries, you're too loud. And I'm like, I'm not trying to be. I have a great presence about myself. That's no issue. Yet and still, if I'm about to talk, I'm worried that I'm, I'm so, because I do know, in my head, I mumble. I know I mumble in real life, but in my head, like, I'm timid and shy and introverted. It's like, no, there's no, I'm not boisterous and out there like that. So I, I clear my throat before every statement. We can be in conversation. I might clear my throat before every response. Not on purpose. It just happens. When I noticed last year, I, I, 
I went through a period and this it's funny it followed and I I don't know how much I've gone into this but we'll we'll go into it because thugs do cry too. The nigga that's supposed to be tough, the nigga who got in fights in high school, was always doing crazy shit. The one that you, that everybody says, "Oh, he's so in, he's so extroverted." Oh my gosh, Marcus can Marcus is always the one that everybody looks to and Sometimes Marcus don't want to be looked to because sometimes Marcus don't know what the fuck is going on. But Marcus got to put on a brave face. And that's called leadership. That's called shit. When you when you got it, when you the boss, you got to be the boss. It's that simple. We understand that. But do you know how much pressure that has put on me my entire life? You know how many times not this. This wasn't even just this is literally since I was a little little guy. In school. Marcus, we need you to be the one to act to, to be perfect because everybody looks to you for instruction. Everybody's looking to you for that. Everybody in the class is going to do what you do. So if you act to ass, they're going to act to ass. Nigga. Do you know how tough that is for a fucking six year old to handle? Do you know how stressful it is to go your entire life being told that you can't fuck up because if you do, everybody else is going to fuck up, too? Do you know how fucking tough that is to be like, and I, I think so many, like, I, I don't know. And I, I, I recognize here's the other part of that. That too is a slave thing. I've never been light skinned and yet everybody wanted me to be the house nigga. Or the field, the, the one that, you know, because there was always the slave that watched over the other slaves to make sure he run until master. I, they wanted me to be that. And as a kid, I thought that that was a place of privilege. And I recognize even more now shit. It was because of the way I played it. I was the nigga that the teacher would be like, Marcus, I'm going to leave the classroom to go make copies. Can you watch the class? Because here's what you do is you take the nigga who you know is going to cause trouble or who you think is going to be the. And I've said this before. I wasn't that. I wasn't the one causing none of the trouble. Yeah, I like to talk. Yeah, I enjoy having conversation. I'm damn good at it. Why the fuck not? But instead of saying, maybe we should put this nigga on a TV show or maybe we should put him in debate class or maybe we should something shit. Y'all was so focused on butt breaking the motherfucker. Y'all so focused on butt breaking a kid because that's what they got to make sure. And I recognize I've said it before. I don't think my teachers intentionally were like, oh, no, we've got a rebel on our hands. We got to stop him now. But so is the way of the system. So if the system works that way and they're just a cog in the wheel, they're just acting. They're playing their part. They're playing their part. And the expectation that I play my part in them when I turn around and say, I don't even like this fucking movie. This movie's shitty. I want to watch something else. They don't like that. That, that, that my friends, is why I, I'm able to recognize today I am indeed America's worst nightmare. Because I'm 22 and I recognize that thugs cry too. And that's okay. Because growing up, they wanted me to, they didn't want me to think. I, I remember I was saying recently, I hadn't realized how much, you know, in high school, I didn't have relationships necessarily. I, I had, I think I, 
two girlfriends in high school, right? One relationship lasted a couple of weeks. And, and not that we we were together per se longer than that. But as far as, you know, the boyfriend, girlfriend label shit, because for me, here's, here's the thing, how I grew up and this is, it was interesting. I, I was like, man, this nigga, I saw this last night too. I'm like, did this nigga just break down the entire issue within the culture right now? But he say, he say, um, let me pause real quick while I watch it. Let me, let me, let me mute the mic. I'm going to watch it. Okay, so what he was saying, essentially, uh, and the part that got to me, the one he talks about, he's talking about feminism. He's like, what is feminism? And it's funny the way he leads in, because it's very, he leads you in with honey, and then bang, fly trap, just got your ass, got your ass. Uh, so he says, essentially, there's one side of, and I, I'm like, damn, you're right. He says, feminism, as far as, you know, when it comes to working, he was like, well, one, he said, feminism should be racially separated. He, or he was asking the question, should it be racially separated? He said, I feel like it should. Because when it, even as it goes back to the suffrage movement, women were fighting, you know, the right to work. That was one of the biggest things. We don't want to be property anymore. We want to work. We want to have self-sufficiency, independence. Thing about it was white women were fighting for the right to not be property from their husbands to go work this, that, and the other when black women have been doing that again since slavery. Whether it be nannies or seamstresses or um what do you call the the that carries the baby for the woman so she don't have to surrogates. I hate to say this, but sex slaves, because you got fucking one thing white men like to do is Falling, let's let's say fall in love with because that's what it that's what it often was. And then maybe or maybe no, I wouldn't say it was a, no, that's that's cap. It happened, but that's cap. They weren't falling in love, they were in lust. It was, oh my goodness, look at her figure. There's it, it even goes, and this again, talking about slavery, there's this idea that the black woman is the temptress. That's where the you know the the need for sex appeal, if you're gonna be a, a black woman celebrity comes from. That's why you have to show off your because the black woman is a temptress who's always, you know, showing off for, that's not, no, no, that's not where that comes from. That comes from the, the need for the white male gaze to say, I find that attractive and in some way I have to have it. Well, if you can no longer take it, now you can buy it in the form of a magazine or you know a video a music video and it, it extends and that's now the way of the culture the american culture american society right and it even it's extended it extends to black men right from the other side this need for us to be a certain to look a certain way everybody wants the six five big shouldered you know big buff black man 
That's not a that is not a requirement for white men. White men, if you're rich, you get all the hoes you want. CEO of a billion dollar company, they're yours. But if you a nigga, you gotta dress well, you gotta have swag, your hair gotta always be clean, you gotta have a nice little chain, a nice little neck piece, gotta have some money in your pocket, or you're a broke nigga, you're a bum. You got to be emotionally available. You got to have communication skills, which these, you know, though, yeah, all that is great. Aspirational, but as a requirement to be seen as worthy. Isn't that insane? So when I talk about the tweet that I saw and I'll go back to the, the TikTok, this one says somehow as a man, you have to figure. Yeah, I really I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that keeps cutting this out. And I've said it before. I've said it before. I don't know what it is that keeps coming, cutting this out. We, yeah, we just, it snapped in the middle of I was talking as I was reading the tweet. It's something that keeps just you know, knocking me out the studio and I'm uh, guy. I, whatever. I, I guess I need a tech guy. I need to switch up my, I keep saying this, switch up where I'm recording at. Mm, it'll happen soon enough. I just, I do, I really like the platform I use. I just need that to stop happening. It keeps breaking mid, you know. Anyway, so the tweet. Somehow as a man, you have to figure out how to make enough money to take care of everybody and make enough time to spend with everybody, except yourself, at the same time, without crying, or you fail. Right? And, and I don't think that that's, you know, crazy to say at all. In fact, I know it to be true. Even more, and, and here's here's the thing about it. The way that I'm I go about my life in general, but even more specifically, the way I go about my life today, over the past year, once I realized what the fuck was going on, you know, hey, that Rhonda Santos wants to call woke everything but what it actually is. Woke means, oh, wait a minute. I recognize that it's a lot of shit that has been going on that not only that I don't agree with, that is, but that is actively, deliberately against my actual progression. Right again, there's this narrative that has been painted for me of what I'm supposed to be, what I should be, or who I am. And anytime I fight back on it, I'm soft or I'm needy, I'm, I'm doing too much, or I'm too aggressive, whatever it may be. Somehow I'm too something. Not enough, but too something. Never just right. Because as a man, there's this expectation that you have to make enough money to take care of everybody around you, which is fine. I'm, I was raised that all you have in this world as a man went when it's all said and done, the legacy you left behind. I was not raised to think that that has to be financial. That came from me. That comes from just a desire to want to live a different type of life than what I've seen. Even more, most of my life, I, and, and that doesn't just come from that. That comes from the music that's put in front of me. It's funny, right? On my Instagram right now, on my Instagram story, there's a song by Jordan Davis and Luke Bryan called Buy Dirt. Okay. Country song. You can't buy happiness, but you can buy dirt. 
And and I love what it talks about in that song, right? Because it essentially says, what I take from it is one, you don't have to be the richest man in the world. As long as you got love, love in your life, a family that you, you know, you care about and that you're able to take care of. And the by dirt part is the legacy, you know, the because we recognize more and more and what I've learned over the past year, six months specifically, they're going to print more money. That's why we're fucked up right now. They'll print all the money in the world, but they can't make more land. Not until Elon gets us to Mars. And even then, the point of that is because we we fear that we're destroying the planet that we're on. So in essence, the money is not the important part because money what they always say, you can't take it with you. And although you can leave it behind, you can leave so much behind and we know due to inflation, that shit can just be gone. It can no longer be worth what it once was. If the American government were to topple the day after you die, that two billy you just left, that shit is gone, dog. But you know what's not? The land, especially we're going into this age of Web3 and blockchain shit. You can't you can't come up here and just take my land and rip up the deed and say I never owned it. Now, nah, this shit's this shit's on a con a smart contract. This is on the blockchain, dog. This isn't going anywhere. Now, unless you, you know, you go in and you you know some fuck shit. But even more, again, we're in the age of social media and the internet where that's much tougher to do. And we're not even looking at that. That's a literal hypothetical, you know, what if situation. But again, the idea that you can buy dirt. Now, while I love Jay-Z, I love 444. And, you know, actually, no, here's the thing. I won't go. I won't, I won't say what I was about to say, because that would be not untrue. Even though, and it's funny, today's episode, and you know, like I said, so last Thursday, I hadn't, I haven't listened to up until today. I haven't listened to the past three episodes of the Secret to Success podcast. It's ET's podcast with his guys, his crew, Carl, CJ, uh, Jamal. I think it's just them three. Yeah, and ET. Right. So in that episode today, he's saying he hadn't realized. He, okay, let's 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 go there. Let's go there. Let's let's get into this shit real quick. My cold ass fucking sister, my boss as about like we, you know, we're talking about money, we're talking about legacy. My sister, who's who's shit, we were talking about changing generational choices and making a difference and, and doing something different than what's been done before. Just wait on it. Just wait on it. Wait till you wait, wait till niggas realize what, what's been going on across the aisle within our family wait till niggas really look up and he who laughs 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 first laughs laughs the first should be last and last should be first guess what i said it before i you know when I, i've talked about it, i'm like damn i wonder what my you know they say we all have our traumatic event that we go through at some point and they talk about most people not having it till they're older and a lot of times it being their death of their parent and her not having her dad in her life, her, her biological dad, and then the father that was in her life being taken from her in such a short time. You know, I had him for seven years. She didn't get that. She got all the love of somebody that, that was there the entire time without question. That, that was his daughter and that was her father. No question. But 
he was taken from her just as much as he was taken from me. But I've said it before, while he may not have passed down direct assets, he passed down knowledge, he passed down game, he left us with desire and something that, a purpose, something to strive for. He left me with a wonderful bonus mom who has taught me so fucking much. I was thinking today, I'm like, yo, literal angel that was God. God was like, hey, look, kid, I got to I got to I got to bring him on home. We're going we gonna to keep you. We're we going to bring I'm going to bring I'm going to bring him on home, but you're going to be all right. All right. And I recognize that fully. OK, point being. I said, so my sister just finished coordinating E.T.'s UOU book tour, right? So E.T., Wall Street Trapper, they went on, you know, they, they were in New Orleans doing a tour of the colleges, speaking with the students on campus. And my sister was the coordinator for that, killed it. He was saying today when he was with Trap, Wall Street Trapper, and they were going, when they were on the tour, he hadn't realized how much black people, one, are consumed with money, but also see financial set success as the the success. That's the route to it. That's how you get to it. That's what success is. Make the money, make the money, make the money, make the money. Right. And in, on 444, I bought some artwork for 1 million. A few years later, that shit worth 2 million. I can't wait to get it. Yeah, he says a little more. He says that's longer than that. But I recognize he also says, Want to know how the Jewish people own all the property in America? Here's how they did it. Financial freedom, all the hope, fuck living rich and dying broke. And that's where he goes into that. And like I said, that, that entire album definitely has given me a, you know, a principled way to live my life in general. But I think about a song like uh, the story of OJ specifically where, you know, at the end of the day, that's still about money. Right, he has a Jay Z has a song with Nas called "Success." What do I think of success? I don't. I think it sucks. I think it sucks. But he says, "Nigga said hold was over such dummies. Even if I fail, I land on a bunch of money." Right, Nas. He says, "I'm sorry, not sorry." Black billionaires. There's got to be more of us. Come and join us. Money. Right, even when we think about ownership and equity, it's financially tied. You know, the gene. Here's the, here's the thing about Kanye. Everybody keeps you know talking about how Kanye's this net worth drop, this that and the other. Kanye's got like I don't know how many acres of land in North Dakota. Kanye's good as long as he can keep the mortgage payments, which will be all right because while they may have taken. 500 million and niggas still got another four or something. I don't know, two, four. He's, I think he can keep up the mortgage. I hope, I don't know. I don't know the man's financial situation. I don't care to. Right, but again, recognizing that isn't there more? The messaging is different. Intentionally, the messaging is different. Specifically realizing that that's an American thing because here's why. It's funny. I saw a tweet also that said, you know, it was talking about capital, human capital, and how in the, in in America, the way 
your resource, your ultimate resource is your body, right? Human capital. I, I've said before, what is the price of human capital? But then I got more specific and I said, intellect, the mind, fuck the fuck the physical. What about the mind? Right. The ideas, the ability, the passion, the purpose. What's the price of that? Because we know what the price, as far as we're told, we know what the price of the human body is. At one point, my body literally had a price or would have had a price. Right. There was a monetary value assigned. And then there was because it was, you know, our bodies were assets at one point. And then when it came time for the rich white, I mean, for the white landowners to say, hey, we want in the South, we want a little bit more voting power. Then my body was worth three fifths of a vote. Had What's the price of a black man's life? I checked the toe tag. Not one zero in sight. I turn the TV on, not one hero in sight, unless he dribbled or he fiddled with mics. See, here's the, it, it, there's the J. Coles, and then there's I swear Visa. Messaging, context, connotation, language. Thugs cry too. Somehow, as a man in this world, you're expected to somehow as a black man in this world, you're expected to make all the money, love everybody, not let anybody punk you. Somehow take care of yourself. Because that, that's like the hard again, and going back to the physical, we're talking about the if your if your greatest asset is your human, is your physical body. Right, and they're gonna work you to death. And it said it was like, you know, well, and then you gotta in turn, well, you gotta keep your body healthy in order to continue to use it, but you're overworking yourself and not having the resources available to you. And then, oh shit, now you can no longer, that asset has depreciated. The same way the car that you bought the second it came off the lot. Cause yeah, you can, you can upgrade the physical but if, if it's fucking, if you don't have the resources and the capacity, the ability to do so, depreciation, then it's negative value. At the, in, a, in a sense, if you can no longer work, you are now a burden. Right. We were seeing this. We've been seeing this with China for a long time. General Asian countries in general are, you know, that's an issue that they're going through. Population, your population boom. And it's like, well, shit, kids can't work. Elderly can't work. The fuck are we supposed to do because they're draining our resources? Well, what if what 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 if you 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 knew that the way that oh yeah okay how about this you were taught get you a nice little oil job where you gonna have to yeah they gonna they gonna beat you down they gonna beat you down but you gonna make a hundred dollars an hour starting off at eighteen. Go to trade school, get you an electrician's certificate, get become a journeyman, master electrician, a jack of all trades. Get you a little $150 an hour paying job. STEM, go to go the STEM route. Don't go sports where your body's going to deteriorate faster than it would if you were just living a regular life. Even though they may pay you $100 million, which they don't want to. Because why would we give you $100 million even though you're the one bringing it, or you got to 
the, the toughest sport, football, you got to stay at least two years. And oh, if you got hurt, we're not going to draft you. So you're not worth shit anymore. It was interesting. And actually, and that just put into perspective even more interesting. I saw a uh, video recently that was saying, and this was a, uh, this was somebody in the NFLPA. I think the NFLPA, maybe not president, but like vice chair or something. He was saying the NFL draft is literally, I mean, the combine is literally made to decrease your draft stock. Because he's like, why do you have 32 teams? And it's interesting because also in this most recent draft, there was, I think, like 31 doctors that missed, like three or four guys maybe, that missed diagnosis, important stuff, heart murmurs. I'm sorry, one second. Okay, so, and I, I still, I, this part, I don't know if it's recording or not, but I'm going to have to pause just for a second. Uh, we'll be back. We're, we're not going anywhere, but we'll be back. Uh, maintenance people coming around. I'm like, man, at this point, enough people work from home. And generally, like, you know, you're in a college town. People do college school from home. You can't just come knocking on doors in the middle of the day after you already here this morning saying you got to replace fire alarms. Like, you got to do better than that. Call somebody, something. You don't know what the fuck is going on. The, 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 this is one of, again, one of those American things. This is something I recognize. And I don't know, I say American, I think it's a people thing in general, but I, I'm, you know, biased toward my surroundings, proximity. The lack of consideration for other people is out of this world. The way that, especially, I'm just doing my job. You may be, and that means your job Something's got to be changed there, but this shit's ridiculous. And I'm like, Freddie, I love you. I fuck with my fuck with the guy, Freddie, our maintenance guy. But the way that, yeah, like there's a complete lack of consideration for what an individual may have going and the way that they just dictate, you know, they dictate stuff on their terms. And I recognize, again, this is where you rec this is where you understand what money and wealth actually mean. You know, freedom by being able to buy freedom, buy your life a little bit. Because when you're renting, when you rent in an apartment, you sign a lease, you sign a contract that says it ain't up to you when maintenance comes around and when they come and do their inspections and this, that, and the other. And it's not your choice. But I, I, I guarantee you, you live in a million-dollar penthouse, whether you're renting or, or you own it, they call first. They can't even get up there without calling you but they buzz first i guarantee it so yeah uh let me pause for a minute i know exactly where we're at i think fuck it i i, I don't because i and i did but somehow i just completely lost it i know exactly where we were at but somehow i just completely lost it so we'll bounce back <laughs> okay we're back back okay what is happening now shit's just beeping everywhere i'm i'm fully this is what i said earlier studio studio me dead ass when i say man's walked out i sat down pressed record and i hear knock 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 it was in the middle of the countdown i'm like i can't even stop it immediately oh brother okay um anyway that i think that was a sign because we're in that we're getting long-winded to an extent anyway um, I want to go back. I want to finish on the NFL Combine side because that's important. And I also want to go back to 
Now, where we were without some of the TikTok and black women in the working, because there was more to that, more to that. Okay. So as I'm saying, there's, there was like, I don't know, 31 teams. Let's, let's just, I don't know the exact numbers, but let's say 31 teams, two different guys, they missed like life-threatening, no way in hell this guy should be playing professional football type problems, right? And I'm moving a little bit. And uh, along with that, like I said, there's this understanding that with the the job of them, sorry, this is this is ridiculous. That just that really did. I can't even say it threw me off as much as it uh, just frustrating. It, it's frustrating to you. Know, I was in a groove. I'm always in a groove. I'm good. So like I gotta say fortitude, fortitude. I'm gonna. I'm going to name a company Fortitude. I need to trademark that. Fortitude. I like that. Did I get that from... What was the name of Clay's... Clay and, Clay and Nathan's um, sports agency in One Tree Hill? Was it... I don't think it was Fortitude. Funnily enough, so... You know how I, I've talked about it before? <laughs> it's funny. I said before how... Uh, and I think it may have been last episode. You know, with, with my first time really seeing a black man... A black, a black man in an affluent position in a job that I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's right along the lines of what I would want to do one day. I didn't know really what a sports agent was for real until watching One Tree Hill. Right, My first introduction to that was Clay. And I was like, yo, that's kind of badass. I like that. And then I found out who Rich Paul was as I got toward college. It was kind of, I wouldn't say too late. Like, obviously, it was still there. And I, I already knew I wanted to be that. But it was like, oh, shit, there goes exactly who I want to be. And Rich is still... The, the mission like rich is still the the model um the structure clutch i clutch is expanding right like clutch rock nation spring hill uh, heartbeat the way that they own the way that they've structured their their media empires is exactly what thc is going to be that's exactly how the hindrance company looks in the at the end of days because okay again i recognize now i i learned Reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, right? So how I talked about and did a full fucking circle in multiple different ways because we're going back to the NFL as well. Talking about my stepmom, my, my bonus mom, my stepmom does. She had my sister and I when we were young reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, uh, playing the rat race game, right? Learning those lessons. So at age 22, when I'm reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I'm like, yo, wait a minute. I remember this getting paid for your mind, you know, making your mind an asset, making your mind the mission, the money mission, monetizing your mind. And that's that's been my my note, my mission to myself since like for the past, you know, since I started this, since I started running uh, self-sufficient, started being self-employed, opening my own business and doing this the way I'm going about it. While it may look interesting from the outside, it may not look like it makes a whole lot of sense. Hey, and then, you know, you don't got to get it. You you don't have to ever get it. I get it. Anyway, understanding that what happens is, you know, talking about the NFL, NFL, you're missing uh, missing that. He's saying the idea of the combine being this way of basically eliminating 31, 32 different doctors. And then the team that you end up playing for, they have to give you a physical. Right, The team that drafts you also gives you a physical then. That's 33 times that you've now been tested and checked to make sure 
So it holds its value. And but then you ask the question of why did the other 31 doctors miss it in the first place? Or if it got missed at the combine, why? Right. Even when it comes to numbers, these, the physical, we know, we know for a fact, like we've seen it. Hell, Tom Brady. Is that's all I got to say? So, you know, but he's got a strong mental. Because when you're black, you have to be extremely athletic. You have to. If you are not, it's what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Or he's there. It's isn't it? Isn't it fucking hilarious how black athletes, if their numbers, if their numbers don't add up to what's expected, somehow they are less athletic than then compared to the greatest athletes some of the greatest athletes in the world they're seen as lesser when they are but a white guy if he's mentally strong mentally tough it makes up he where he lacks in athleticism he makes up for him brain power or leadership ability right he's a he's a film rat he stays in the film room first one in last guy out but if you're black, you gotta run for two. They literally expect you to break world records when you are a black man. You are expected to break physical limitations that no human has ever done. Our world record is who can run the fastest, but they sending them to the moon. You know what I mean? So it's different, it's different. Representation and messaging intentionally so are different right so it goes back to this idea of the buy dirt buy dirt build a family right they, they they talk about one thing i've learned over the past year as well is how important the individual that you marry is right the individual that you choose to especially as a man that you choose to breed with you know and that's it breed with and continue your legacy because in, in multiple ways, well, she now is a part of it. You know, that's why they talk about not the idea of we need to keep the black, the black household together, the black woman and the black man together. Because that's how you create generational wealth within the culture, within the community. A two parent household, a two black parent household that passes down a billion dollars with the right financial education and emotional stability and some sort of spiritual relationship because that is our natural state right embracing creativity that is the most powerful that is literally the most powerful thing in the world a black woman and a black man that's on their shit that then go and have kids who they teach to be on their shit and they pass stuff down, pass down assets, pass down generational wealth that they put in position to, to create perpetual wealth. So not only do these kids not have to work if they choose to never, but they, they, you put them in the position where they now can use their natural talents that have been cultivated through you, by you, but for them to increase the wealth. Oh, that's that America's worst nightmare. Right. So the messaging is different. When you when when our parents that how they're on us, their tough love is you're going to get out there and and uh, on the football field and take a hit. Don't cry. Don't cry when you get hit. 
maybe the nigga don't want to play football and maybe that's not when i was you know it's funny and maybe I, I would have been a much better football player, I think, had I started younger. I played football when I was little. I played Little League. I played Pee Wee football for like a week. I wasn't fucking with it. Didn't like it. Didn't like getting hit. Didn't like running. None of that. Wasn't for me. I thought I was a basketball player. I wanted to be a pretty boy. I wanted to be seen. Come to find out, I was a very good football player. But had I started younger... And the idea, because when I didn't start younger, when I started in sixth and seventh grade, immediately eighth grade, I, I still have, it's funny, I have the, my presentation, my expo presentation about going to college. That was when I got into watching football. Oregon was my favorite football team because I liked the flash. I liked the speed. I liked Anthony Thomas. They had a bunch of fast ass black players, right? Fast little black players. The kind of niggas who literally like the way that use their bodies up until they can't be used anymore. That was Oregon football players. That literally is, I mean, that's college football in general, but that's, it's a farm system, right? The same, it's a farm system, how it used to be. Modern day, whips and chains. And we ain't talking about the white man, whips and chains. Skirt, skirt. See my Jesus piece? Let's go buy some you go buy some you better go buy some land nigga but yeah, no okay so that was, and we realize we recognize even more that is how generational wealth in america amongst these families has been created land land ownership resources assets okay so again talking about the black unit the black family unit so that TikTok i was talking about earlier with the you know working and black women he was saying you know, one thing that when it comes to, if we're talking about the separate, like, you know, separating feminism, probably, yeah, about right. Yeah, I understand it. That, and that's, that's the kind of, you know, when they talk about segregation, bringing it back. And I said, I don't necessarily agree with that specifically, but I understand the concept of it. And this is where it really shines. There has to be a separation of vision and mission because we are not on the same mission because we're not coming from the same place. We can't have the same mission. We, there cannot be a universal mission. There can be a universal mission for humanity, yes. But even that I recognize, if, if the universal, like, if, the, if the idea for the universal mission is conquer space, space travel, colonize Mars, here's the truth. That vision does not include me unless i make it so it does not include us unless we make it so because one it is not our we didn't come up with the vision necessarily right so it, it's one thing and that's what i think they forget it's one thing to say and we're talking about this core basis of manifest destiny because that's the continuation right this is manifest destiny we are meant to go see what else is out there that's the belief that was never about us it was never for us. Why the fuck would it be today? Just because there are allies, even if, even if they may be people in position of power, that does not mean they see us in their collective vision for humanity. Even more, we're generally not in it because we're not there yet. Even more, if we want to be in it, we have to put ourselves in it. But how do you do so if you don't have the power to make it happen?
if the power is not within your hands to do so. So that's where, again, this separate, there needs to be a separation. Obviously, that's why I've asked the question before. What is our vision for our community, our culture, our, what are we trying to do? Where are we going toward? Is Are we looking to colonize Mars too? Because if so, we probably need to own space building. We probably need to own something within the industry. Because the three government, the three entities that get all the government contracts, that's not us. None of that is us. We can have all the engineers we want building the rockets. That don't mean Elon taking you on that motherfucker, or you may not be the first hundred or the only hundred, because that was one TV show I was in love with back in high school, the hundred. You just may not be one of them. If there's only a hundred, you think they taking your black ass? This is no way to change. It's in no way to, you know, portray that or to project that, but it's, it's recognizing the truth. That's the truth. I said, somebody, there was a girl tweeted the other day. She said, uh, y'all don't want to admit it, but the truth is black people may not, or maybe beyond saving. It's a black woman said this. I maybe shit. It may, you know, Twitter these days and social media burners and you put any profile picture you want AI, like who, who fucking knows anymore. But one, why would you say that in general? And then why the fuck are you saying that on a public forum? Because if they already believe that, and then it's like, well, shit, they believe it too. So why the fuck we even try to help? That's ridiculous. The truth is, they don't care about your black ass. So you better care about your black ass. We need to care about each other's black asses because they don't give a fuck. Anyway, <laughs> look, look, man, y'all niggas don't want to go. Here's the thing. Here's why I don't even check my analytics, but I know if I did, my, I know my listens and views are not. I know it because y'all don't want it. People don't want to hear the truth. That's the thing. People claim that motherfuckers don't want to hear the truth because then they have to actually do something about it. Here's how I know. I, I look was a truth seeker always have been and recognizing how much I was oblivious to before. And yes, I'm, I'm still young. So it comes with age, but recognizing how many things I've been missing. And then even more, how many things the people around me, the adults around me. Who is like, yo, I thought y'all knew what the fuck was going on to turn around and realize that y'all don't know shit about what's going on. Y'all don't know nothing about this work. Because y'all are ignoring what's going on. People been trying to tell you the truth and you want to turn around and shut them. Because you'd rather eat the poison. They give you, they put whip, they put shaving cream on a pie and then be like, yeah, that's whipped cream, man. Some toxic, they giving you toxic, disguising it as sugar. Motherfucker, I'm giving you medicine, sprinkled a little bit of sugar, but you don't want to be healthy. You don't want to be well. Because you got to be, you know, because the messaging. Anyway, I, I'm, I was sending myself a voice memo. I should have said, I should have sent it. It recorded. I should have sent it to myself. That would have been fun. Excuse me. Going on, he says, you know, and this is talking about the, the working difference, the difference in working and chasing, you know, the suffrage movement. He's like, I think one thing, you know, black women deserve rest. And, and what is the movement that has swept the nation, I guess. The soft life. Yeah, I agree. 
thing about the soft life is the soft life coinciding with city girls, hot girls, summer, the, and, you know, embracing your uh, sexuality that again has been pushed on you by the media and by white heads of label, label heads that are signing black artists who they're like provocative, sex appeal, provocative, it sells. And then you eat it up and then they get to say, well, here's the proof. They love it. This is all they care about, sex, money, drugs. Sex, money, drugs, violence. Oh, shut the fuck up. Anyway, <laughs> Lucy and Grange, somebody like, we gotta stop talking about it. Or like, if you're gonna talk about it, that's the thing, half the motherfuckers not talking about it and then half the ones that are talking about it ain't doing shit. You got a quarter of a population that actually is trying to change the other 75% or help them. Motherfucker, my back hurt. My back hurt. But that's why you work smarter, not harder. And unfortunately, look, that's when I wreck. I've said it. I said it a while back. I'm like, damn, here's a, here's the cold hearted, cold blooded truth. You want the truth? Some of you motherfuckers got to get left behind. Some of y'all and I, that's not just black people. That's not that's every that's there's individuals that just simply have to be left behind. Because you're stuck in a time that no longer it exists in your pocket of the world. But because it is such a large population, it, it seems like it's a no, I, I would say. It's a much bigger or much deeper population. Here's what it is. The same way started off talking about the billionaires and the controlling the, the narrative and what's happening in the world and then, you know, playing the, the uh, puppet master. Well, that's how this looks, too. Unfortunately, there is a group of individuals that are taking the initiative to decide what the collective vision does look like, because when he asked the question and say, hey, give me your opinion, what do you where, what do you think we should take this? Where, you know, what do you what do you envision for our, for the community? What do you envision for the culture? And either you don't know or don't care or your vision is exactly what it has been. That doesn't work. So. You know, they say if you don't decide to create your own reality, somebody's going to make it for you. Here's the good thing, as I've talked about before, and it's funny, we've, we, you know, we say this, we recognize that the, the larger the minority population becomes, the, the quicker it becomes the majority. And you recognize that all of the, you know, policies, legislation, the efforts that come at, as far as changing the world for collective humanity are relatively you know, basically morally good. They're good for for everybody. They're good for the collective of humanity, not just a certain group of people because they've been marginalized for so long and oppressed for so long. It's like, well, why the fuck would I turn around and do the same thing to anybody else? But you got the other side that does feel that. Anyway, the soft life thing. And I, I said, I say this right here. I don't think that means independence in the form of being against men or, or, or the... I don't, one thing I truly do hate is that I don't need a man because if a guy said, I don't need a woman and we do say that, but it's like the more somehow you a bitch or you gay or you don't like girls or you, something, you can't get girls for the exact same, if you say the exact same reason, 
that they so that's it but that you recognize again that's been programmed because you you're expecting this expectations versus standards thing and something what he really caught what really caught me about the TikTok was when he says the relationship side of it you know white women are fighting i say white women specifically and he said this but white women specifically are fighting for non-traditional relationships right for so long the idea there the image for them has been you get married you get married young or you got to get married you got to have a husband got to this that the other got to have kids got to be the matriarch and the image for you know for us for so long you think about all of us have the the matriarch in our family the big mom or the me or you know whatever you call her uh my dear and where it's like a lot of them sexually ambiguous single you know never married or not married divorced whatever it may be going back to the the fathers not in the home the single mother so many of us have single mothers raised you know in a one-parent household unhealthy we are you we our basic relationship structure is non-traditional is the you know i'm free i'm doing whatever i want to do multiple different individuals whatever because we weren't allowed to get married back in the day we weren't allowed to get married during slavery and even after right we were fighting for equality bullshit we were fighting for just general human rights the right to be with the individual that you love right so for that's been so long of not a thing for us that right now what we need to be focused on is that making the cultural norm the unit the family unit the black family unit as 19 keys call it the god triarch i love that the black man the black woman and god coming together to form a bond it's spiritual like i said i don't want to and i feel like i know i didn't go back to the the hypothetical earlier but i think we kind of full circled that didn't we just just now look here's the basis of it there's a lot of very clear and evident reasons as to why and and it, you know we're talking about this relationship structure thing that comes from the lack of emotional i think intelligence yeah i don't know why i can the 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 very low eq level that we are raised with born with given because you're taught not to cry quit crying like i said you know the football get up on there for you better don't when you go out there he hits you you stop crying the fucking seven-year-old just got his ass blown up for the first time by a nigga who was born to play football his parents been breeding him since he was or you know the little corn-fed white boy just trucked his ass hell yeah he's yeah he's crying Instead of telling him don't cry and get his ass back back out there, let the nigga get his emotion out. It's cathartic. Because he may be angry crying. I don't know. And that, that'd be unhealthy. But that too. You're not teaching him how to emotionally regulate, how to label and understand his emotions. You're telling him to hide them, to push them down. Eat your emotions. Right? It's, isn't it funny how, because we know sugar is a drug, right? So we know sugar is a drug. Isn't it funny how like obesity you know eating your emotions we know that's unhealthy obesity has a but when it comes to self-medication as far as 
the way specifically black men go about it, whether it be, and I'm, we're talking mostly drugs, we're talking, you know, whether it be smoking or, or lean or whatever. And I'm not at all, um, well, for marijuana, I'm, I'm a advocate, yes. But I'm not at all advocating for doing hard drugs as a, as a method to, you know, relieve your pain. But it's a numbing agent just like anything else. And that's what it's used for. Traumatic events, that's where you get to. Right? We're not talking about the health of it. We're talking about the presence of it, the way it's seen. But because it's something that is all that's for that we do, right? Aaron Rodgers gets to go out into the woods and do ayahuasca, and nobody. I won't say nobody bats an eye, but the only reason I was batted was because of uh, the the contract and the you know the the team stuff, the whether he's going to retire. And it was like, well, what the fuck? Why is he doing this? Why we don't have any answers? That's why anybody cared. Nobody cared that the rich white man was out there doing ayahuasca. But they're just now not getting niggas in trouble in the NBA for weed. Just now. Ain't that crazy? Thugs cry too, even though we're not supposed to. That's the thing is like, niggas be having, I'm yo, I, I very much appreciate the fact that I have, that I have had homies even before the recent, you know, I guess, um, attempt to destigmatize and it's, it's happening, but to destigmatize mental health, wealth, I mean, wellness and, and to change the way we, we look at it and say, it's, it's okay for thugs to cry too. My homie's been understood. We've been had the relationship in which, hey, nigga, if you feel some type of way about something and something's bothering you and you call me, you FaceTime me and there's tears running down your face. I'm not I'm not laughing at, at my bro. You got niggas like you the second you show some emotion again, that makes you a bitch somehow. Stop acting like a woman. You know how many times I've heard stop acting like a girl or stop acting like a woman, stop being a woman for showing emotion. I've I literally I've said since I was like 15, I've been telling people I've always been in touch with both sides. Of, I'm a Libra. We represent balance. We the scale is literally the so for me, I've always been in touch with both sides of myself. Fully in tune with the masculine side. I know me. I've always known Marcus. But because of that, I've been able to know the feminine side because we all have that. Literally, we have you have to have the polarity. It's the yin and the yang. It's the way of life. It's the natural order. Niggas crying is the natural natural. If you wasn't, here's the evolution, right? We know how evolution works. If it wasn't necessary, you wouldn't have it. If it wasn't something meant to protect you, it would have faded away. If that were the case, because I've talked about this, I do actually believe that we've gotten to a point in which the black body may be able to withstand a higher, you know, have a higher pain tolerance in ways, but not because of the, you know, natural genetics, but because of mental, you know, the psyop, all of it through evolution, through generations, through history has made, made it so. We know how powerful the mind is to say, it can basically shut off pain. Well, if you continue to tell a motherfucker that something don't hurt, even though they think it does, shit, 100 years go by, 
their great, 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 great grandkid, it just may not hurt them. It simply it may not. I don't and I'm not a scientist, so I'm not I'm not giving this is not scientific evidence this is not direct experiment. You know, me giving you the answers, but it makes sense, don't it? In the same way, the other side, well, shit, if 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 we weren't supposed to show emotion, if men were not supposed to show emotion, if black men were not supposed to show emotion. Don't you think? Our, our tear ducts would have completely disappeared or I don't I don't know again I'm not a scientist I don't fucking know how this shit works directly but I know enough to know that this is how evolution goes the same way you know you gain you take away what doesn't work or what needed what's needed to survive survival of the fittest and that's the worry right is that we're gonna be because that's what's happened so hard you know, it's funny same same interview. It was the Growing Pains podcast. Dante's Acre, the real tales on Instagram. Got a clothing brand called One Love, I believe. They were saying, you know, he says, Lil Baby once said he didn't seen so many niggas die, so many tra traumatic events. He don't even cry no more. Don't even shed a tear for that shit. Well, there is this fear that I have, or not a fear, but that that is how you know I would fear. If I didn't see it actively changing, if I saw it still going down this dark path, I would fear that we would get to a point of of completely. But that's what it is. The emotional walls are so you, you're so shut off. Well, that's why you have the heartless niggas who have no issue killing anybody. Or that, that do every woman wrong because they don't have no love in their heart. They've been made to be that way. They've been programmed. It's an indoc. We have been ever since they couldn't do it physically. There has been a psychological operation going on at the deepest levels, because once they once they were able to infiltrate the system, infiltrate our system, and make it happen from the inside out, doing their work for them by telling little boys that they don't that they're not supposed to cry. And to suck it up and tell little girls that, you know, to put them in, in these, to make their role models the only person that they have to look up to, an ass shaker. Hey, I, I'm all for, because that's, somebody said, I'm, I'm moving a lot. Somebody said recently, you know, that's just, that's the way we dance. We move our bodies across the diaspora, di diaspora, diaspora. Yeah, you almost heard me fuck it up. We move our bodies. We do that. That's the motion. That's our rhythm. And that's fine. But if all you hear is. I'm, I've said I'm like, yo, imagine this new Glorilla song. The remix that she made off some. I can't even think of who, but you're talking about lick my. Imagine. Truly, like imagine having a daughter and, and you walk past her room and that's what you hear and you you see the video that that she has on Instagram. Oh my goodness. No. Imagine you got it. when I heard my little cousin listening to WAP one day, bro. I was like, yo, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I don't play music around my, my cousin. She's 16. I don't play music around my cousin that anywhere near talks about women in a, in a especially hearing black men talk about women that way because I don't listen to it. I'd be with my cousins. I play black superhero music. 
I make them. I make my cousin listen to "I Can" by Nas. You understand? I, I'm gonna keep saying it. We gotta do better. I don't just mean us, but I damn sure mean us. We gotta do better for ourselves. Y'all don't want to see better. Y'all don't see this shit. Like, how 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 do we see this as normal? That that's that's the question I kept asking. Like, that's where the stress test I did. I was like, yo, this is fucking wild. We got so much stuff that just is not normal. Because norms and normal are two different things. Norms are made. You know, you make norms. You decide what becomes the norm. Over time, sure, but that's what you you decide what it is. Doesn't make it normal. You think about like normal is a base word. Norm is shortened for a reason. Slang. So it's it's you know it's decided. Normal. Like we talk about paranormal activity. Shit, this whole fucking country. The entire way we move about in our day to day lives, especially when it comes to our media, social media, and the the general content, the music, the shows, the movies. It's paranormal activity. Just as scary as any ghost, ghoul, or goblin. If not scarier. I'm more scared of the, I'm more scared of half the niggas in my in my home city. I mean I and when I say scared, I don't mean like, you know, you know squaking in my boots, but I mean the shit I'm can't be cool with half these niggas. Cause they got something to prove to somebody who don't give a fuck. But then, especially they damn sure don't like nonchalance or, or indifference. Somebody was like, "I don't, I don't care about how hard you think you are, how hard you got to show that you are." In fact, I feel I pity you. I feel bad for you because of the fact that you feel the need to remind me who you are. I don't got. No, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm more scared. I'm more scared for them than I'm scared of any alien ghost school or goblin. And it's not it. Et don't got nothing on half the niggas in Chicago. Et don't have nothing on these niggas running into it. Oh, yeah, and you know what? If the aliens come down and they like take me to your leader and they on some probing shit and some abduction shit, that's that's a different. They got some advanced technology. That's a different way. But Et. Freddie don't have nothing on these KKK niggas. Godzilla, nothing compared to, to these Chicago demons, boy. Because they, they will shoot you and your granny because she was a witness. And they got you on accident. They, they thought you was your homie. They thought you was your brother. I've told that story. My, my friend back in, in elementary school who looked like his brother and, and got shot because of it. Ain't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? He looked like his brother. And y'all shot that boy. Or my sister who's graduated college, got her master's degree, teaching, teaching kids. She out there teaching at her old high school in her hometown. And y'all shooting through her window? Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? Because you got to get your op. 
I don't know, man. Because now I'm just I'm, I'm thinking about the title, Thugs Cry Too. And that comes directly from the fact that those they cried. They cried when their homie died. I, I would hope. Maybe not. Like baby said, you know, he no longer. They may not have. They may have felt instant rage. And that's the issue. You don't know your own. You don't know yourself well enough to know when you're feeling some type of way. And so you take it out on, on somebody else or everybody else. And again, this is not just then, then that's when you recognize it's not just a black thing. That happens. That is that is the way of the world. That is the way of this country. That's what causes these white kids to go up in these schools doing what they do. That's what that's how January 6th happened. That's how you get a Donald Trump. Everybody want to call him a big bully. No, he's a big baby. That nigga didn't literally didn't know how to take a loss. So unaccustomed to not not even unaccustomed to losing, but being unaccustomed to being told that you lost. Right, and that's what we have a lot of today with the participation trophies and shit. And I'm, you know, I, I, as a Gen Zer, yeah, I'm against the participation trophy bullshit. If you didn't win, why the fuck are you up on the podium? Because if I did win and I know you lost, and I know I just beat you, Joe Biden, why, 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 why did you even begin to invite? Oh, we know why, but why did you even begin to invite Iowa to the White House? How did those words ever leave your mouth? What are you saying to the winner? Especially if we're saying, because we live in a world that is prides itself on domination and being number one and being the best and winning, it's a winner culture. What, what, what the fuck is that about? If I'm if I know I won and I know I just beat the hell out of you, what am I even what did I do all that for? If you're going to put the person who just lost to me up on up on the podium next to me. And give them. Hmm. Or everybody wins. Nobody loses. Everybody wins. And just fuck out of here. And kiss my ass. I shit. OK. It's big babies. You know, that's what when, you, when we talk about the soft, that's what everybody says, you know, things have gone soft. I don't think so. In fact, I think because everybody, again, everybody feels this need to be so tough and so hard. It, there's no, I think niggas don't know how to express it. People don't know how to express that. And that's what leads to you shit, you stuffing all that down and then you burst out and it's like, oh, what the fuck are you? What are you crying for? Shit, man, 20 years I've been getting my ass knocked down and I finally, yeah. Had enough. Hey, man. All I'm saying is thugs cry too and I know because I cry. And I'm not afraid of, I, I'm, I'm, if I ever was, I'm damn sure not now. I embrace my emotion because I know how to regulate and label them. 
I know how to allow myself to feel it because that's a reminder that I'm a human being. And that's really all it takes. It's called growth. I hope everybody gets there. So on that note, I love y'all. I love y'all. I love y'all. I feel like we missed something. I feel like I was supposed to give an announcement, but I don't know. I love y'all. Peace. Gonna get a lot of dough. Anything is possible. Turn me up in the headphone. Yeah. Trying to get a lot of dough and dirt the water obstacles, cause anything is possible. Yeah. Oh man, I got a lot of gold. Stack that bread and buy my nose. Anything is possible. Yeah. Trying to get a lot of dough and dirt the water obstacles, cause anything is possible. Oh man, I got a lot of gold. Stack that bread and buy my nose. Anything is possible. Hey. I grind to get a lot of dough and dirt do all the obstacles Cause anything is possible Yeah Oh man, I got a lot of gold Stack that bread and dominoes Anything is possible Yeah All I know is get paper All I do is shit major Bought a condo on the top floor And the building's a skyscraper Feeling like I'm Kobe LeBron for the Lakers Feeling like I'm Idris Paul